From racing.com and top sport, this is a good three with Dr. Turf, Matt Welsh and Paul Tatnall. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Good Three. Matt Welsh here with Dr. Turf. You've got your granola. You've spilt it all over the uh, the bench as always. It wouldn't be a Wednesday morning if I didn't. So we have to rent this studio each week. Uh, mm. They're going to send us a, a cleaning bill for that. Okay, you'll look can after you, that, RV. You know, that's, oh, that's a fair expense to claim, I would have thought. Can you keep it in your mouth? I'll try. All right, and Paul Tatnell, how are you? Hello, Oracle. How are you? <laughs> Oracle. Uh, I can't call him Big Dog, so it yeah. has to be back to the word Oracle. Can you um, can you sing? Oh, I I was I was actually kicked out of music class in uh, in year seven. Yeah, I, I've actually made. How do you? you we know you sing because we've seen. Well, I have and anyone who wants to just uh, Google <laughs> Doctor Turf, uh, you'll find plenty of YouTube videos. I have made people's ears bleed. So I wouldn't, I, be, I wouldn't be encouraging that. That's just from the radio I, days, though, Turf, to be honest. I, I don't say this lightly. Doing comedy. I don't, I don't say this lightly, but yeah. I actually think you sing okay. No, I do. Yeah, right. Yeah, righto. Well, don't expect it to happen because we, we've got a guest coming up who would make fools of all of us. He certainly would. Uh, he contested The Voice, of course, uh, on Channel 7, and uh, he was front and centre at the Valley on Cox Plate Day. I speak of Robbie Adol. And Robbie, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? But good, uh, Robbie, uh, and congratulations on Mooney Valley last weekend. Just give me a, some idea. Uh, rate nerves out of ten. Singing on the voice, singing at Mooney Valley last week, or legging up in the mounting yard before a Group One. Yeah, look, I, I'm not really one to get nervous before stuff like that. I was, you know, when I was on the voice, I was super excited to be there. I was. Um, you know, I was just buzzing to be there, and same same on Saturday for the for the Cox Plate. I was just so happy to be there and couldn't wait to do it. And then obviously riding as well. Um, I think riding's a bit different because you have so many people weighing on your on your shoulders. Um, whereas when I'm singing, it's sort of just myself singing, so you know I can sort of be a little bit more relaxed. So I think riding is definitely a lot more stressful. Was there any sense of uh, competitiveness uh, in the mounting yard before the voice? I suppose you call it the green room, but uh, was there, is it sort of like competitive at all, just like uh, being in the mounting yard before a horse race? Oh, look, I'm sure I'm sure there was, but to be honest, I was just, I, I couldn't believe I was there and I didn't think I would get as far as I did. I thought I wouldn't get past the first round. So, you know, I was just happy to be there um, and, and, I think everyone was in the same boat. Everyone was just because there were so many stages before you even got to sing on the live stage. So um, I think everyone was just very happy to be there. And I don't think there was any uh, <clears throat> any competitiveness, um, not as much as racing or anything like that. Robbie, you've had dual Group One success, obviously in Sydney. Talk to me about the satisfaction there. Are you more into the singing and the music now or is the satisfaction of riding, especially in those big group races, is that where your passion lies? Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I love I love racing and I love horses and I want, a lot of people ask me, oh, are you going to give away racing for singing? And to be honest, I, I don't want to. Um, you know, when, when people don't want to put me on and I can't get rides, that's when I'll stop riding. But... Um, you know, obviously, I've taken a little bit, little bit of a step back to sort of concentrate on the music and, and get the single out and, and stuff like that. And um, but, look, I absolutely love racing. I'm very privileged to be in the position I am, and you know, riding, riding in big races and whatnot. But um, I just, I, I can't see myself giving it away anytime soon because I love it that much. You mentioned your single there. You might as well go with a plug. What's uh, what's the new song called? 
Uh, the new single came out last Friday. It's called Stay With Me. Um, it's on all platforms. And uh, we're actually recording a music video for it later on today. So uh, that should be out in the next couple of weeks as well. You should get well, looking for any, any, any to star in that. Any backup singers or dancers? <laughs> I needed I needed a few extras, but um, yeah, it's probably a bit late now, is it? Yeah, just uh, get your people to call my people, Robbie. And going back to where your career began, uh, we'll start with horse race riding. Uh, how did you get into riding? Um, I start. I actually started riding pretty late. I probably sat on a few ponies when I was a kid, but I didn't really want to be a jockey until I was probably 17, 16, 17. I, I sort of, um, you know, I was uh, into. I was actually into singing and acting and stuff like that, but just school plays and whatnot. And sort of got to that age where I was like, all right, it's probably time for me to get a job. I was always in the racing industry. I had a racing family and stuff like that. Decided to go to the race academy in Kildare, um, and I basically within nine months I learned everything from scratch. I had to put a head collar on, and within a few months I was riding horses, riding out, and stuff like that. And it's probably something that's really well needed in Australia. It's a it's an academy that's just sort of brings people in. I think there was thirty two on our course, and like something like ten years later, I'm pretty sure ninety five percent of us are still in racing, whether it be jockeys, you know, trainers, some of us. Um, stable staff, some of us are headmen, stuff like that, you know. How important so, uh, was, yeah. we've seen Mark Newnham uh, train so successfully in Sydney and when he comes to Melbourne, his strike rate down here is unbelievable. How influential was Mark Newnham for you when you arrived in Australia? Yeah, absolutely. Mark was sort of a funny one. It was sort of being in the right place at the right time um, for both of us, it was I, I was in in Melbourne and I spent my first like two months in Melbourne with um, uh, John Sadler and then sort of made the move to Sydney to get my license and I was just riding freelance at Warwick Farm. I, I used to ride like twenty lots a day just for anyone that wanted to put me on. And then I was looking to get my license and a couple of trainers approached me, but I could see Mark was just starting out um, as well and he had like probably eight horses, seven or eight to ten horses. And I just loved his whole way of going about it. He was just so chill. He used to just get the horses fit and run them, and he just started. Yeah, I think he had his first winner within the first month or so that he was he was um, training. And, uh, yeah, I started riding work from one morning, and he uh, came into the box and asked me would I like to be apprentice, and I said, yep, yeah, absolutely. And then he's like, all right, you're working this afternoon. And from the rest is history, I suppose. This time last year, you are on the back of a, a Group 1 win aboard Profondo in the Spring Champion Stakes. He probably hasn't lived up to the early hype, particularly this campaign, but uh, how good a horse is Profondo when he's at his best? Oh, look, it's hard to say. Obviously, we're, we're very lucky to be surrounded by so many good horses um, nowadays. Um, but he's, he's a very good horse and... Like I said, just never lived up to his, his abilities. A couple of little little niggles that had to be ironed out. Um, but some of the work he done when he was a two-year-old, an early three-year-old was scary. And I don't think I've set on a horse like him. Um, and look, it's it's never too late. If 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 he just gets his head right, he could be a he could be still one of one of the best horses around. Um, but like I said, things. Horses are not machines; they're they're animals, and you need everything to go their way. So it's just such a, a testament to like a horse like Animo winning all those Group Ones in a row and stuff like that. 
you know, everything needs to go absolutely 100% correct for them horses to win races. And people do forget at home that they're, that they're, you know, that they are animals and not machines. So it's, uh, it's one of them things. And your singing career, how did, how did that kick off? How long have you been singing for and uh, where did the passion come from? Yeah, like I said, I, I've been singing for like, you know, since I was a kid, I, I sang. Uh, I'd done two, like a couple of school plays when I was like 10 years old or younger. And um, I got a bit of a taste for it then. I really enjoyed it. And then obviously got into racing and I just, everything went out the window. I was working, you know, <laughs> every day for the last 10 years or whatever. But um, then last year don't, during COVID lockdown, I got a, an email to apply for the for the voice. So actually, the way it first initiated was I went on a TV show with Mark after winning Champion Apprentice. And I had just sang a song at the Christmas party with about 10 coronas in me like a few days before <laughs> and um and then mark obviously told the tv presenter um oh you know robbie can sing that was the first time i really sang like in in years um and then he was like all right well sing and he put on a the backing track of desperado by the eagles and then i sang that and it sort of went a little bit viral and then somebody sent it to um uh, Channel 7, The Voice, and then they just emailed me to ask me did I want to apply, and um, I was like, yeah, why not? Before we let you go, mate, if I had to offer you the decision for a Cox Plate ride, winning ride, or a number one single, what would you choose? That's a I'd, good question. I'd love to win the Cox Plate. Yeah, yeah. good boy. Good boy. More money in that probably, Turf, isn't there? <laughs> Well, you're a cock. Oh, well, I don't know. I doubt anyway, it. To money's be honest. not everything. In, no, it's a good answer, Robbie. Money's like. not everything, Robbie. Just quickly, what what does the next sort of six to twelve months hold for you? How are you going to be or planning to balance your riding and your singing career? Um, hopefully, in the six next six to twelve months, um, I'll be uh, sort of releasing a couple more songs that that we have ready, and um, I think racing wise. I'm gonna really try and get stuck in. Um, you know, like uh, like I said, I've only probably had like 30 rides or probably less, 20 rides this season, and had a few winners when I did get stuck in. So I think um, I, it's something that, like I said, I don't really want to give away. So I, and I really love it. So I'd love to get stuck back in and get a couple of more connections and stuff like that. And I, I I would like to ride overseas as well. You know, it's something that it's not off the radar. So. All right, Robbie, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, your work there at the Valley on Saturday. Best of luck with the new single, and uh, we look forward to catching up when you're next in town. Thanks, lads. Have a good one. And just as we just have, we've got a a little special to play now. We're going to go to uh, a little interlude with Robbie's new single, Stay With Me. I'm walking heavy, it's long winding road. All of these memories, they guide me home The lights in the night sky, they show the way Could this be the last time you and I embrace? Begging you to stay, it's gonna be okay. Stay with me. I'm begging you. To-
to stay It's gonna be okay Stay with me Having a bet on the racing this week? Top this. With Top Sport's best of the best multis, top odds are guaranteed. Place a best of the best multi during Saturday Metro meetings for the top flux or dividend from the best three national totes. Plus, there's best of the best to win up to five grand too. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. A look from the book. Presented by Top Sport. Time now to welcome in our good friend Tristan Merlihan from Top Sport. Tristan, how are things up there uh, on the sunny Gold Coast? Yeah, very good, boys. We've got a nice weather up here, and yeah, just getting very excited for the uh, the big week coming up over the next week or so. How did the Valley Carnival treat you? We obviously had things change at the last minute. The Manicato ended up becoming the eleventh race on what was a marathon. Cox Plate Day, Bella Nipatina well-backed, Animo was well-backed. How did you fare up there at Top Sport? Yeah, well, it was good to see a bit of flexibility, wasn't it? It was, um, you know, like even on Friday night trying to get the race to run and then uh, to get a big, big race there on Saturday after the, the 10th was a great result. We, uh, we had a good lead and then the, uh, the middle pinners were really good for the punders. They absolutely cleaned us up there. Animo was a bad result. And then we were fortunate we laid Paul Ely very, very heavily. So that got us out of trouble and we ended up just getting our uh, breaking square, actually. We broke square on the day, but I thought we were in a lot of trouble after the Cox Plate. So I was very happy to chop out on the day. And what about the Derby? We've got the Derby, the feature group one on what's an action-packed Saturday at Flemington. A good Derby too. A terrific Derby. I, I think there was probably a little bit of conjecture as to whether it might be diluted by the spring champion last week. Too. If we're going to see the winner of the spring champion come down for that Derby, and it, it looks as deeper addition as I can recall in yeah, recent years. No but uh, Tristan, I was keen to understand what sort of interest there's been from a punter's perspective. Obviously, these stayers, as they're emerging, they can form, can chop and change a little bit, and they're probably not overly reliable. But do the futures punters get stuck into the derby? Uh, it's been a little bit quiet this year, just uh, I think for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. I think also there's obviously um, a lot of uncertainty around the weather over the lead into these races too. So I think that's probably stifled the pre-post betting a little bit too. So uh, we certainly haven't taken as many bets as what we might have in years gone by. But, uh, you know, like it, it certainly does look a really, really good field. And I'm, I'm certain once we get our uh, final fields up after the uh, Barry draw today, uh, there's going to be plenty of activity. Uh, fantastic work by Racing Victoria in the Valley 2 turf to get the Manicato onto the Saturday 6.20 did you see Tristan an uplift in engagement and wagering on that race because it was actually run at six twenty rather than on a Friday night? Oh, it was huge. It was it was a really really good betting uh, betting affair. I think even the uh, the ability to get the quaddy legs changed to include that race, mm. which um, again it just showed a bit of flexibility and it was it was a really good option. So from our point of view, the, the turnover was undoubtedly bigger um, than what it would have been on the Friday night. Um, you know, our, our Friday night turnover. Last week was a little bit down. I think that's just due to the weather. So I, I can only anticipate that the Manicato itself would have been a lot less than what we saw on Saturday. So, yeah, no, we were very, very happy the, uh, the, the decision was made. Obviously, it would have been great if it ran as per expected on Friday night. But to be able to run, I suppose, roll with the, uh, the punches in that sense was a, um, was a really good result. Just quickly, <laughs> your lay of the day. You mentioned Paul Ailey 
earlier. It was a great result for you guys on on Saturday. So yet another tick for the lay of the day. Didn't realise how quick, how early he'd be gone, but he was gone at the six hundred. <laughs> yeah, listening on Monday, it seemed like he might have pulled up with a little yeah, issue. There was as clearly well, an issue, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, let's get into Saturday. We're, we're obviously early doors. We're pre acceptances, so challenge a little bit tougher. But who are you going to be taking on? Yeah, as you say, it's a little bit tougher to pick one out and put a line through it. But I'm, I'm going to go back to that Golden Eagle. I'm going to look at the favourite there, Light Infantry at the $4. I just think it looks a very open race and uh, $4 will certainly be wanting to take it on at the moment. So, um, yeah, but um, you're right. I was very surprised Pulele um, performed as poorly as what it is. But as, as you say, there, there sounds like there's a little bit of an issue there. Gee, the jungle drums have been beating very loudly about Light Infantry. Is that a pun? Is that a... Clown words? What do what, what, you call that? Jungle, uh, jungle drums, light infantry. Oh, oh, you know, like I don't think he meant it. <laughs> I certainly didn't mean it. All oh, I was saying is uh, yeah, every well, second person you speak to is declaring it. Well, to tell you what, there's a lot of good form in going into that race for a lot of runners, so he'd he want to be on his game. Let's get into the Melbourne Cup. We're, uh, what are we, six days out from the big race. Uh, what's six. betting activity been like? Who, who, who are the horses that punters are really latching onto in futures markets? Yeah, we've we've got an ordinary position coming into the Melbourne Cup at the moment. Good. It feels like everything we've laid has firmed up. So uh, punters have certainly got the edge on us at the moment. We laid Kimora very heavily at the big odds at uh, at sixty one dollars. It's into nineteen. Duval Legend as well. We've we've got quite a decent liability on it, ranging from twenty dollars into thirteen. And now obviously it's quite firm at five fifty. Um, and Duace, uh, it is another liability as well for us. Loft is the only one that chops out for us out of the top runners. So we're, we're at the moment, we're in a bit of a, 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 an ordinary position, but we know how big the betting is on the Melbourne Cup. So we'll, I'm sure we'll bet past it. But it's certainly uh, that the punters have got in nicely uh, with the early odds at this stage. Best of luck with that. Mm. It's almost a difficult position to be in. You want the punters to win, but Tristan is, as Matt says, a good friend of the show. I don't know, always the punters. Oh, please, he's a bookmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Tristan, great to chat to you. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Look forward to uh, catching up next week. Speak next week, guys. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Well, it's truly turfy and poor. One of the the great days of racing on the calendar derby day. But they call the Cox Plate Turf Australia's best race. As we head into what I think is one of the best weeks of racing in the world, is the Cox Plate truly Australia's best race? Best race. That's their catchphrase. Uh, I would say quality-wise it probably is for middle distance. I'd say it probably is. It was a cracking race on and it was a And it was a, it was a great horse race, yeah. wasn't it? As was the might and power. The, yeah, yeah. The two 2,000-metre right. weight for age races great jockeys. have been super. You know, Animo, you can't fault what this bloke's done, you know, groups of two, three and four. But by gee, I'm Thunderstruck's a good horse. Oh, he is. His he, racing pattern just his, sort of plays his, against him. His performance, I don't know, Animo still might have beaten him anyway, but gee whiz, that was a big run by I'm Thunderstruck. And the, the international ran really well. Don't forget he's only a three-year-old, really. Yep. You know, 
um, you know, lightning El Bogadon. El Bodagon. That was a seriously good horse race, I reckon. Yeah, it was. It was a great spectacle. Well, only one mistake was there. There was a bit of chaff in the race. They need to be a bit tougher on allowing chaff in the race. It was a brilliant race. Well, you want the it's best field. It was. You, yeah. you don't need. You don't have to have a field of twelve because that's your uh, ideal field. Size. Did it impact the race though on Saturday? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Turning attention to yes. Flemington, I walked the track on Tuesday, early in the week. So obviously, uh, a lot of Mother Nature to pass through between yes. then and Saturday. But gee, it was in good order. Well, it, it always is, and I'm certainly looking forward. To it. I think what's going to be interesting is it looks like we're in for wet weather. So, well, there's not going to be any recovery weather, you know. Jane Bunn said last night, Arctic potentially yeah. kind of conditions for Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. We never just have cold days and, and rainy days these days. It's always yeah, freezing or yeah. rain bombs uh, or... I'm only saying this because I, I always panic when it rains during a meeting. So we, we don't want it to rain. I don't think as much rain tipped on Derby Day, which is great because I don't care if it rains Friday, Sunday, Monday. You don't want it to rain on the Saturday because you don't want the horses to get into the track. So we can have a really, you know, we've got four days. We've got 37 races or whatever we've got to get through. So um, let's just hope we have a dryish day Saturday and the recuperative powers of that track and the the abilities of that staff, we should have a great uh, surface for four days. James McDonald Turf is clearly the elite rider here in Australia. We asked uh, Andrew Forsman on Monday night what makes the best jockeys the best What's your view? Is it is it instinct? Is it talent? Is it hard work? You know what? I, look, I know he's been aided by some barriers, but that bloke gets his horses in the right spot more often than not. And, and the surely, as well, the surely that's it. You know, <laughs> they're, they're in the they're in a winning position. If they've got the ability, they're in the right spot to deliver. And yep. he has this uncanny knack of doing it. Timing, balance, and then yeah, when, you, when, you, when you get but to the top, all got that, when, really. when you get to the top, of course, your relationships as well play a part. The stables you're connected to, getting on the best yeah. horses, and he gets on the best horses because he he's the best jockey in the country. He's got a staggering number of Group Ones to his name already yeah. At, for his age, and given the fact that he had a bit of a spell there for a mm. while, an enforced spell. So that, that's a and he's also good for racing. Shows a bit of passion, a bit of energy, especially there on Saturday. He sure does. Yeah. He's really come out of his shell. I was hasn't happy he? to see no fine from the stewards for looking at the crowd, Matthew. And then he's he, he <laughs> wrote ten, he, he wrote ten winners last uh, Cup Carnival as well. He, he did. So, so yeah. he's coming into a week that last year he absolutely owned. He, he's got a terrific book building already for mm. the uh, the four-day Melbourne Cup Carnival. So he could be in for another uh, absolute feast. There's also some <laughs> doubt, though, whether he's going to be there on Cup Day with the impending birth of his child. So um, it'd be a shame. Yeah, just a uh, – yeah, well, I'm sure um – you know, he'll, he'll do whatever he sees fit. What's he going to do, Dave? Well, what would you do? Well, what's you your were, advice yeah. to James? Well, what would your advice, advice to Jay well, Mack be? I went to the races. Oh, of my, course my, you my, did. My father, oh. I, you know, I was there for the birth, but I was saying, come on, the first is it? You know. um, <laughs> Back fa- in the days, of course, uh, my, when they had no phones. The, my, my father was playing poker. Were delivered by telegraph. My father was playing poker when I was born, so there's a long and proud tradition <laughs> of uh, other activities. <laughs> there's the, the gambling <laughs> influence. Um, but, uh, well, that's what happened in those days. I mean, the, old, the fathers were never there. Now, they, were, they weren't allowed to be there. The old days, finally, he makes his own old joke. <laughs> <laughs> In my fa- my late father's time. Do you have a tip for the Melbourne Cup turf? Uh, you know something, I, I get asked, I, I do the form on Sunday. Mm. I do the form You've on Sunday. some idea. It, it, you know what it is for me? It's a two-mile handicap for me on Tuesday. Um, 
So you treat the Echuca, uh, the Echuca thirty two hundred meter race the same on Tuesday? Like I've been obviously been monitoring and watching these horses, and I've started looking at. Uh, I like what I see of like a big deal. It's a favourite, but I do like what I see of Dover Legend. <laughs> you know, I got a feeling he he might just be too good. Mm. You know, and obviously the a little given the track is going to be ideal. I, I can't see an Australian competitor really. I really can't see it. Betting would suggest there uh, the, the the couple to beat as well, Loft and Dovell Legend. Yep. six dollars at the moment for Dovell Legend. Uh, just we're looking ahead to uh, Champions Day. We'll talk about it more next week. So we're but gonna, are we going to have Nature Strip and Animo? On the final th- day? It seems likely. Well, Nature I mean, Strip, I think, is locked in to take on yeah. Giga Kick. Bella Nipatina, who was so impressive yeah, there a at the very on Saturday. It's so, a great, Lee Jordan's go, go, idea that's come to fruition. There's a lot of knockers when they first announced it. It's who, come who, to why. Because they changed the obviously the conditions of the McKinnon, I think it was. Yeah, it um, went from handicap to wait for wait age. for age. Yeah, um, something changing the day. Sorry, not the McKinnon, the Cantala. Cantala, sorry. Yeah, tradition's a great thing until it works in the best interest of what you're trying to protect. It's shaping as the best day of the carnival, and it, it is. This it time is. last year, it's traditionally been an afterthought of such. So, uh, you know, congratulations to the club how, and to yeah. RV for that. Uh, how good would it be if the cup was on final day? Seriously, how good would it be if Give the whole, that, Matthew, week, whole week built up to the <laughs> cup and have the public holiday on the Friday? No one gets shortchanged. So, Adamo, the noises are potentially more likely that he is coming on that final day as well. Zaki, uh, potentially over the 2,000. Thunderstruck, uh, so sort of either mile or 2,000. Yeah, the I think Champions the, Mile is shaping up brilliantly as well. That's going to be an all-out cracking day. The other one that might be there is uh, interesting runner at... Uh, Flemington on Saturday. Favourite for the Empire Rose, the New Zealand Mayor in La Creek. Uh, she's won six from ten, bolted mm. in last time out. Uh, gee, she's a fascinating runner there. Yeah, she is. It's, look, it's a really solid race, isn't it, that one? So, uh, And she might back up. There, you know, there could be uh, some potential for her to back up uh, in the uh, the 2,000 metre race, the yeah. champion inter- uh, stakes. Interesting to see some of the trainers targeting these races with the bonus attached. We did debate whether or not those bonuses turf were worth it. And the anecdotal <laughs> evidence from speaking to a few of the trainers over the last two weeks, they're backing up into these races because of the, well, obviously. Well, the yeah, An- Animo, of course, won a, uh, a million dollar bonus as well for winning the, oh, the Cox Spike. One for the Battlers. The, the Sheik will be so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, it's going to be a great week, Turfy. What are you doing for the week? Well, how, how do we uh, how do we get in touch with you? I joined your uh, your service the other day. <laughs> did you really? Oh, gee, that was good. Geelong Cup Day. Oh, yeah. How much does how, how tough was that? Cost? How tough was that? And we've got, uh, well, I know, we've got Bendigo Cup uh, Wednesday as we speak, and, and heavy nine. It's been upgraded uh, from yesterday. Yeah, they've had a heap of rain. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you'll be uh, at least running your service. What else are you doing? You no, sort well, of uh, downsized the amount got, of racing we've gigs? We've got uh, Saturday Contenders yep. racing on racing.com at 8.30 live. Live. We're doing, doing one on Cup Day as well. Is so. Racing's Media Darling having a quiet week, is he? <laughs> 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 I just feel like a few gigs might have gone off the menu board. Oh, is that right? So we're going down quite, that path, quite, are we? Quite in the load off. Uh, made a bit of room for a bit of golf well, in between the Put it this way, days. you can't be anywhere else... He can't be anywhere else. Everywhere we turn, there he is. There he is. Uh, the corpse is twitching. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good three. Presented by Racing.com and Top Sport.